We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, November the 27th, 2019, in the year of our Lord. Today, on November 27, 1978, San Francisco Mayor George Moscone and, and City Supervisor Harvey Milk, he was a gay rights activist, they were shot to death inside City Hall by former Supervisor Dan White. White served five years for manslaughter, then he committed suicide in October of 1985. Today, in 1862, George Custer, that George Custer, Custer's last stand, Custer, he met his future bride. Her name was Elizabeth Bacon. They were attending a Thanksgiving party. After she told her father she was very intrigued with this young man, George Custer, he said, he will never amount to anything. I do not want you to marry him or get involved with him. Sometimes daughters don't pay attention to their dad. She didn't. She married him. Today, in 1901, the U.S. Army War College was established in Washington, D.C. Today, in 1924, Macy's held the first Thanksgiving Day Parade, except they didn't call it Thanksgiving Day Parade. They called it the Christmas Parade that took place in New York. Today, in 1924. Today, in 1962, the first Boeing 727 rolled out of the company's plant in Renton, Washington. Today, in 1970... Pope Paul VI was visiting the Philippines. He was slightly wounded at the Manila airport. A guy with a dagger ran out and got to him somehow at the airport. He was from Bolivia. He was a painter, but he was disguised as a priest. Today, in 1973, the Senate voted 92-3 to to confirm Gerald Ford as vice president. Spiro T. Agnew had resigned. Today, in 1998... Bill Clinton answered 81 questions that had been put to him three weeks earlier. He wrote them out. In the questions, he said he told the House Judiciary Committee that his testimony in the Monica Lewinsky affair was, quote, not false and not misleading. Consider that. Seven people were injured, multiple crashes on I-90 near Geiger Road in Spokane. Boy, the west, the coast, is getting slammed with weather overnight. Some of the western parts of the state of Washington and Oregon are are being spared, but Washington State Patrol responded to multiple crashes on I-90 near Geiger Road in Spokane, just outside of Spokane, Washington, icy roads, um, 60 to 70 cars, they said, were involved in all the crashes. We're seeing the same thing in the Siskiyous between Oregon and California. And uh, California in general has been pummeled overnight with rain and snow. And I guess winter is here. Boy, that global warming is rough. But it's happening. And it's falling white in feet on the ground. 
But the warming will come soon and melt all of it, I suppose. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. As we prepare to celebrate Thanksgiving Day tomorrow, the backdrop of our current political conditions loom dark. Franklin Graham and Eric Metaxas, they're calling it what it is. On the radio yesterday, they said it's our current conditions are demonic and bizarre. Of course, that caught a lot of attention. Yet we have every reason to be thankful. The darkness that we see in our world today stands in stark contrast to the truth, to the light of God's Word. The light shines in darkness, but the darkness comprehends it not. I want to talk to you a little bit more about that and what Franklin Graham and Eric Metexas, who is highly regarded, what they had to say about the culture and how that should bring hope and just a sense of, of God being in control even when we see the darkness that is going on around us at this Thanksgiving time. But I wanted to mention to you, Tucker Carlson last night on Fox was, he was talking, he talked about a lot of things and I was, I was doing other things. I wasn't completely just sitting down watching him or listening to him, but I was doing other things, but I was kind of listening in the background and he was talking, he talked about a number of things, but one of the things he was talking about, I checked it out this morning because I wanted to be sure of what he said. He said he's not convinced that Michelle Obama has ruled out running for the White House in 2020. That surprised me because she goes around telling everybody she's not going to run. No, 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 blah, blah, blah. But uh, Carlson said, if you're wondering who the Democratic nominee will be, don't bet against Michelle Obama. Last week, he said, the former first lady issued a statement saying that she was has no interest in being president. That's what she claimed. And he laughed. But he said there are signs that that's not true, actually. He theorized <laughs> that the factors such as Mr. Obama not yet endorsing any of the more than a dozen candidates currently seeking the Democratic nomination, including his former Vice President Joe Biden, as a reason to believe his wife might enter the race. Carlson said if Obama had endorsed Joe Biden, the race would be over. I'm not so sure about that, but maybe. But anyway... Carlson said Obama hasn't endorsed Joe Biden because he doesn't want to endorse Joe Biden. Why? Maybe he's got other plans. And Carlson said Obama's presidential memoir was supposed to come out this year. Now its release has been delayed until the middle of the Democratic primaries. In other words, at exactly the moment when Democrats will be thinking deeply about how to beat Trump. America will be talking about the Obamas. Is that a coincidence? Tucker Carlson said, maybe it is. Maybe it's also a coincidence that Michelle Obama just released yet another book last week, one that will require her, of course, to get on the road and talk to the crowds. When she was on, when um, Michelle Obama was on the Good, uh, Good Morning America just the other day, I think it was around maybe a week or so ago, they asked her about this 
and I saw the clip of it, and, and I, I just remember, I don't remember what all she said, but she was saying, no, 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 you know, repeatedly. So I don't know. Anyway, the De- Democratic Party is self-destructing. They're going to have to do something. I could see the Obamas. They're very self-serving. They're very much about themselves. They're very talented people, very well-spoken. I've heard Michelle Obama speak in person once. Very good speaker. They're charming. They're misleading. And they're very far left. And they know, I think Barack Obama knows, that that group of people that are standing on the stage from you know, side to side, they fill the whole stage. Everybody, every Democrat in America wants to be president of the United States. But I think he knows that there isn't one up there on that stage that can beat Donald Trump. But here's what we know. We know that old things are in God's hands. We work as though it all depends upon us. We pray as though it all depends upon God, because it does. U.S. District Court Judge Michael Simon, he was appointed by Barack Obama, President Barack Obama. He issued issued an order yesterday to prevent the State Department from enforcing Trump's plan to deny immigrants visas unless they buy health insurance within 30 days of arrival or providing proof that they can afford their own health care. That was Barack Obama's deal. So the Trump administration said here a while back, we're going to just enforce that because it's in the best interest of the country. Now, Obama's people are saying, are blocking, judicially blocking the president of the United States from enforcing the laws that Obama put in place. It's amazing. This judge, guy, this Michael Simon, he's from Oregon. Statement went on to say that Congress plainly provided the president, the the, the White House responded strongly, and I think rightfully so, after midnight last night or this morning early. They said yesterday a single district court in Oregon has decided immigration policy for the nation, and that's exactly what's happening. The statement went on to say that Congress plainly provided the president with broad authority to impose additional restrictions or limitations on the entry of aliens into the United States. That's exactly what's happening. Some remote judge somewhere who wants to get a little, you know, FaceTime in America and who hates the president and is far left, they can, one single judge, and this happened in Washington State, Uh, not long ago, over immigration. One single judge somewhere, they can find him, and he will rule against the President of the United States. He takes a more, he assumes a more powerful position than the President of the United States, who is duly elected. This guy who's appointed somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, and they can decide policy for America. Now, something is wrong with that, and we need to look at either way. I mean, it, it could work either way. The The only thing, I've been observing this these kinds of things for a long time. I don't see Republicans doing that when Obama was in office, when Clinton was in office. I mean, maybe they give Clinton or Obama their 100% of support, but I didn't see them doing things like this. I don't. I didn't. I, I, I don't remember any of them. I'm sure maybe it happened somewhere, but I don't recall any of it. But the left... They are shameless. They don't care. They just want their way because their end is so noble. It is so worth 
while that any means is justified, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is, their end is the end all, but it keeps changing. It isn't a fixed goal, it's a moving goal because they're evolving. I'll tell you, got this note, dear Gary Randall, thank you for doing what you do. I pray that more Bible teachers and pastors would have the fire for Christ and his word. You keep doing what God leads you to do, we'll keep supporting your ministry. Boy, that's music to my ears. I always like to hear that. Thank you. And thank you all for your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. One more thing. I want to go back to Franklin Graham and Eric Matek says. There's a note in the mail, uh, I mean in the... um, in the news this morning from Plymouth, Massachusetts. Plymouth, as in Plymouth Rock. There's this group of Native American, and, and let me just say, if you're a new listener, I grew up in central Washington, born in Yakima, Washington. I grew up in Yakima and Yakima Valley. And there's a lot of Native Americans there. And a lot of them were my friends. I grew up with them. It wasn't a big deal that I was white and they were Indian. I mean, we I don't even think we talked about it, but maybe we did. I don't know. But anyway, keep in mind where I'm coming from. And I'm probably not your typical big city guy that looks at, you know, like, wow. what then These people are just like the rest of us. And they all have their beliefs, and they're not all far left. I can just tell you that, at least the ones I knew. But anyway, this Native Americans have put out this press release to Associated Press this morning. And the first line of it is, Happy Thanksgiving to you in the land your forefathers stole. And they go on using, uh, they said, uh, this is in your feast message from Native Americans. We're preparing to send, um, we're preparing to convene at our 50th National Day, Day of Mourning while you celebrate Thanksgiving in the day in the land your forefathers stole from us. And it goes on and on and on. That's the main message. And I thought, man, you know, it made it sound like Associated Press made it sound like this was a big gathering. I mean, like it was a big deal. It was like a convention. I looked I looked a little bit. I kind of drilled into it. I was just curious. And I found there are 28 people that were at this meeting. And yet the press, how misleading the press is. I mean, these people are actually doing this and they're actually saying that, but you get the feeling, even me and I look at a lot of news every day. I thought, man, this must be, I mean, there's probably hundreds. I wonder if there are thousands there. I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to see how many people are in. I mean, what does this represent? 28 people. I mean, they're important people, but I mean, anyway, you get the point. Franklin Graham, son of Billy Graham, of course, he said this week that the political divide in America, including the impeachment proceedings against President Trump, he said they may be demonic. He was talking with author, radio host, Eric Metexas. Eric has been involved with the Chuck Colson Ministries and others, and he's he's a voice, of, a very solid voice in the conservative movement. He is a Christian, a very committed Christian, as is Franklin. 
And they were talking about the current conditions in our politics, our culture. I mean, a lot of people are talking about that. Franklin said, well, he said, I'm quoting him, he said, I believe it's almost a demonic power that's trying, and Matek says, interrupted him. And he said, Franklin, wait a minute. He said, I would disagree. He said, it's not almost demonic. You and I know at heart it's a spiritual battle. It is demonic. Matek says, said, our political condition is bizarre, where people, quote, exist to undermine the President of the United States. That's all they're about. Every day they get up and they... Their one thing is to get rid of Trump. They don't care how it, how they do it. They just want to get rid of him. They have no agenda. They're elected as public servants, but they have no agenda. The two talked about the successes of the Trump administration. The economy is booming. In fact, there's a note out there this morning in the news. I noticed I didn't read the article, but I noticed that it said that the the stocks are record highs and and unemployment are record lows and so on. And we read this all the time. I mean, the, the economy is doing incredibly well. And they, they talked about, this was a couple of days ago now, day before yesterday, they talked about the unemployment is at a 70-year low. More uh, Franklin, I think, noted that more African-Americans are working, more Latinos are working, more Asians are working than ever before in the United States. Generally, they said, not completely, but generally, everybody who wants to work is working, they concluded. Or there's a good possibility that they soon will be. Franklin pointed out, he said, more people are working, so more people are tithing and giving to churches. You are doing that, aren't you? No, he didn't. That's me. That's not him. Anyway, he said, are tithing and giving to churches. There's more money for missions and for building programs. All of this because Donald Trump said he would turn things around and make America great again. But what about what about his faith? That's where they seem to be the left seemed to be attacking Christians who support Trump. It's about, well, what about Trump's faith? He's a very sinful man. Matex has expressed frustration. It was beyond frustration. <clears throat> a little anger, I could tell in his voice. But he said, he said, many, he said, have vilified me and you, Franklin. And he said, for supporting the president. Then he said it's just a fascinating thing because people seem to devolve to a certain sort of moralistic Phariseeism. Then he said this. He said they go on to cite how it's he's the least Christian. They go on and on and on. And I think these people don't even have a biblical worldview when it comes to that. If somebody doesn't hold to our theology, that doesn't mean they can't be a great pilot or a great doctor or a dentist. It's been documented that Trump has done more for the evangelical community. This is me talking. I'm not quoting him now. He's done more for the evangelical community and biblical Christians for religious freedom than any previous president in recent history. He's been very attentive, very responsive to the evangelical community and biblical Christians everywhere. I know his life. I mean, it's been a mess. I mean, he's been involved in stuff he shouldn't have been involved in. I understand that. I'm not excusing that. And neither are these people. These guys are national voices. They're not They're not in any way excusing it or just saying, well, it doesn't matter. It does matter. But what matters as well is that he's kept his promises to us. Where other more spiritually qualified presidents, even in the recent past, have not. They have claimed to be Christian. They've carried big Bibles. Bill Clinton did that. He didn't do much for the Christians that I recall. Jimmy Carter 
came out and explained to the press what born again meant, but yet he stood for a number of things. And the ERA and these other things that are, stand in absolute contrast and opposition to biblical teaching. And yet Trump, we all know that he's, I mean, we get that. But why do they exist to undermine him? I mean, he's not a spiritual, he's not St. Donald for sure. There's hatred toward biblical Christianity. I write about this all the time in our Faith and Freedom Daily article. And I talk about it a lot on this program because it's pervasive in our in our culture. It's not a political matter. It's at least ideological. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Rebellion toward God exists on both sides of the political aisle. It isn't just Democrat or Republican. It's mostly Democrat, I mean, honestly. But it isn't exclusively that. Rebellion toward God exists on both sides of the political aisle. This isn't really a political matter. When people became aware of this conversation between Graham and Metexas, some of them responded as I'm responding and pointed out what they had said because it was I, I feel it's important. Apparently they did too. But others exploded. They just, I mean, went off. Yesterday I was looking at some of the posts that people were putting about this conversation putting on Twitter and, and social media. This one guy, Jason Campbell, he, he says, Franklin Graham calls, he looks like he's important, I don't know who he is, but anyway, he's posting on here. He says, Franklin Graham calls anyone opposed to Trump demonic. And that is a lie, because that's not what Franklin Graham was saying, nor was Eric Patex has. They were simply saying there is a spirit that is pervasive, that is bizarre, and it is demonic. And they're right. It is bizarre. This whole impeachment thing, I mean, impeachment needs to be in place. It needs to happen when it's merited. But this whole impeachment thing has just been, it's been a disaster. There's, I don't even know, if they move forward to impeach Trump, I don't even know what they're going to actually write down that they're charging him for because he didn't do what they said and they can't find people that actually heard anything in his telephone conversations, etc., let's say otherwise. They just say they feel that that was his intent. Or they know someone who knows someone. I mean, really. I've never seen anything like this. But this guy, this Jason Campbell, he goes on and, and talks about that. But there was another guy I saw posting on here. Looks like a, I, I guess he's well-known. I don't know who he is. But anyway, his name is Scott Norris. He was on there and he put a picture of Barry Goldwater on his post. That caught my attention. He says, this Scott Norris, and as I said, I think apparently he's well-known. It appears that he is. I don't know him. But anyway, he said, Barry Goldwater warned everyone. Then he puts this picture of Barry Goldwater, black and white picture of Barry, and um, his comments. Here's what Barry Goldwater said back in the 60s. He said, mark my word, if and when these preachers get control of the Republican Party, and they're sure trying to do so, it's going to be a terrible uh, expletive problem. Frankly, these people frighten me. This is Barry Goldwater speaking. Politics and governing demand compromise. But these Christians believe they are acting in the name of God, so they can't and won't compromise. I know I've tried to deal with them. 
Republican, Barry Goldwater. So it's on both sides. Keep in mind that Barry Goldwater shaped to a great extent, I would say at least a large extent, the conservative positions of the Republican Party in recent years. But he also lost the 1964 election by a record of 61.1% to Democrat Lyndon Johnson. He embraced the politics, but he stiffed the Christians. And that's what I'm talking about. Trump has embraced the politics generally. He's not a politician. He'll never be a politician. But he hasn't stiffed the Christians. There's much more, and some of which I would like to talk about, but you get the point. From the time of Satan's rebellion, there's been a contest for moral authority. The serpent claimed the, that authority when he was talking to Eve. He said to her, he said, now, now listen, let, let's, let's just be, use some common sense here, Eve. He said, God doesn't really mean what he says because God is love. He could not cause you to die if you eat of the fruit. So God said that, but he doesn't really mean that because the overarching principle here is love. How many times have we heard that in regards to a cover for sin that the Bible says is sin and we want to celebrate it, homosexuality and so on, in America? God is God. As we approach Thanksgiving Day tomorrow, having been in the ministry my entire adult life, I am well aware that some face the day wanting to be thankful but struggling to do so. Not for all the reasons above, but because circumstances seem to have turned against us. Tough times, reverses, all of these kinds of things. Sarah Joseph Hale had been trying to get Thanksgiving adopted as a national holiday for 40 years. She'd contacted every president. Every one of them thought it was a great idea, but nobody did anything about it. Finally, during the darkest days of the Civil War, President Lincoln responded in 1863. He issued a proclamation passed by an act of Congress that set aside the last Thursday of November as the first annual National Day of Thanksgiving and Praise. I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that tomorrow on Thanksgiving Day. But three months earlier, before he decided to be the one that would take the step as president and make it a national holiday, the Battle of Gettysburg had occurred, resulting in the loss of approximately 60,000 American lives. While President Lincoln walked among the thousands of graves there at Gettysburg, Lincoln later testified that in that place of loss and sorrow, he had found true life. Here's what he said. This is a quote. When I left Springfield, I asked the people to pray, his hometown, asked the people to pray for me, but I was not a Christian. When I buried my son, the severest trial of my life, I was not a Christian. But when I went to Gettysburg and saw the graves of thousands of our soldiers, I then and there consecrated myself to Christ. He then proclaimed, No human counsel hath devised what hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It's often in the darkest, most demonic, oppressive, bizarre times of our lives that God does the greatest things. Look up. God is in control. We live in a dark and dank and bizarre world. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God is in control. God only only allows what he will allow. He's called us to work 
to be vigilant, to be informed, to be committed, to be bold, to be faithful. But God's got it all in control. He does. You don't have to trust me, but trust Him. Thanks for being here today. I'll see you tomorrow.